Hello and welcome to another episode of the CBO Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Donna Sheely. So glad you are with us. Today, we're speaking with Andrea Stalling. She is the Chief Financial Officer and Senior Vice President of Business and Finance at Morehouse College, a private, historically black liberal arts college for men in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Andrea. How are you today? Good afternoon, Donna. I am doing well and thank you for having me. Yes, thanks for being with us. So excited. So, Andrea, let's just jump right in. How long have you been at Morehouse College? It's been a little bit more than eight years, and uh, it doesn't feel like it's been eight years. So I guess, you know, when you're having fun, time just goes by extremely fast. Well, that is great. So what made you choose Morehouse? Actually, Morehouse chose me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was not looking uh, for a position. Uh, I was actually working prior to Morehouse um, mm-hmm. at an institution uh, in Central Florida and was there for 11 years uh, in another role, in a role uh, specifically related to internal audit. I was actually the chief auditor at uh, Valencia College. Um, and was there, like I said, for 11 years, enjoying what I did. And uh, lo and behold, one day, uh, Morehouse College reached out. We had uh, several conversations over the course of a couple of months uh, because, again, really liked uh, what I was doing uh, at Valencia and the location. Uh, but Morehouse made a very compelling offer. And so, we decided uh, to seize that opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to get back to everything at Morehouse, but let's go back before Valencia. Let's go back and talk about your career journey that led you to where you are now. Uh, my background is a little bit different. Um, certainly where I am now in, in the role of CFO uh, in higher ed, typically that pathway looks, you know, controller, if you will, an associate vice president in business and finance, but that's that that is not the route that I took. Um, so I started out after graduating um, from college and undergrad, and we won't go with the year there, um, <laughs> but after graduating, started out uh, in banking, if you will, in the accounting uh, department, and then transitioned over uh, to internal audit and got a feel for audit and essentially reviewing different areas of the bank, um, if you will. Uh, And then I transitioned from that financial institution to a healthcare institution, a hospital, still an internal audit. Again, love having the opportunity to work with different departments and understand, you know, operations, if you will. Uh, and then from there, again, just uh, opportunities um, being provided, moved to help to higher ed. And so uh, my first experience in higher ed, I worked at Jackson State University, uh, HBCU in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, go Tigers. Um, <laughs> and in the internal audit department there actually was brought on to kind of bring that internal audit department back to life. Uh, it was dormant for a while. Um, and stayed there for a couple of years uh, and then opportunity to get us to Valencia College in Orlando, Florida. And so just internal audit. So I thought I was going to be a career auditor. Um, I love what I, I did in audit. Um, and that is what took me to Morehouse. 
Um, actually, it was an executive level or cabinet level position um, where I had an opportunity to report to the board and the president more responsibilities and um, again, seize that opportunity. And that's that's how I landed at Morehouse. But that's the, the career trajectory to Morehouse, if you will. Awesome. Awesome. So, okay, now we're, we're at Morehouse and I, I want to speak on this because we know that Morehouse is an all male university. So, and this may not even be a big issue, but speak on being a woman in this role at an all male university. That's a great, a great question. Yes, at Morehouse, it is an all male university, but I will just say in general for this particular role, from what I have experienced, it has been, for the mo- most part, a male-oriented role for CFOs. I do see, you know, women um, in the position more now, but that hasn't always been the case. Um, I will say at Morehouse, um, even though the institution serves um, men of color, if you will, the administrative uh, team, there are female and male. Um, so, that certainly helps. So I, yeah, I think you know there's there's inclusion and diversity uh, there, and it's it's not an all male led institution, if that makes sense. That's good. That's good. I like to hear that. So, what are all the departments that you are responsible for at Morehouse? Okay, well, I'm going <laughs> to end up missing something here, um, so I'm just going to go internally okay. um, in my mind. But certainly, um, the accounting department, general accounting restricted or grants accounting. Some people might um, consider it uh, grants accounting. Um, The payroll area, I'm responsible for uh, budget uh, financial planning, uh, analysis and reporting. Also the procurement function, auxiliary services, our uh, accounts payable area. Um, We've got a federal compliance, federal grants compliance, if you will, as well financial aid, federal financial or financial aid, because that's inclusive of federal financial aid and institutional work. So everything financial aid, um, student accounts also reports uh, to business and finance. And I'm trying to see um, there's also uh, risk management is included there. Treasury, I think that essentially covers it, but I may have missed a, a function. You have yeah. a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a quite a few things. But what would you say is your most rewarding responsibility at work? I would say hands down, the most rewarding responsibility is providing the support to my team and them and them being successful. And knowing that I'm helping them to develop and to, you know, to continuously grow. A prime example, uh, we had a committee or have a committee that has been established uh, that helps uh, with the enrollment of the college, if you will. It's a cross-functional group uh, that is inclusive of areas within business and finance, but other um, functional areas across the institution. And um, we've just made some significant strides from the time that uh, this group came into a place uh, and the enrollment, our overall processes have changed. And it is, again, it is providing the support 
the empowerment and the resources to the team that actually gets the work done, but, you know, letting them have a voice and, you know, they've done it. And that is extremely rewarding to me. And then, of course, the other thing is, you know, being able to certainly assist our students, you know, being able to matriculate, as I indicated, uh, financial aid, um, the Office of Financial Aid and Scholarships and Student Accounts or Student Financial Services uh, reports to me. And so uh, we have a significant impact um, in students being able to matriculate. And so, you know, when we're able to help a student that needs assistance, you know, just to kind of get across the line, that's very rewarding because that is the mission of the college, you know, to get those students to that next level and on um you know, to the, the rest of the journey of their life. So let's let's shift a little bit and talk about mentorship as a woman of color and moving in these this role of CFO in higher education. Talk to me about your mentors and who helped you through, because it's unfortunate that there's not many women of color in these positions. And so for you to have, you know, have gone to a few different schools and now at Morehouse, talk to me a little bit about the mentorship and then talk to me about how you're mentoring others as well. Yeah, I think mentorship, if you have that opportunity, is extremely important. Um, certainly can help, you know, you look at the big picture, um, and understand, you know, navigating, um, if you will. And to your point, women of color in this role is few and far in between. Um, but I've certainly had or have been blessed to have mentors along the way from other institutions. I've had executives from other institutions that have assisted, um, both male and female. Um, and different ethnicities, um, if you will, that I still keep in contact with today. My president, um, is a mentor now as well. Um, and so, you know, just, you know, making that time and, you know, having that communication, building those relationships, but, you know, you get so much out of that. And I will say, you know, I am, I guess, what's the best way to say it? A bit more seasoned in years, if you will, <laughs> but it's never. It's never too old uh, to have a mentor. Um, and so and it's and you're never too young to have a mentor as well. So I think that's important. And, and to the to the question that you asked um, as it relates to me, um, certainly, you know, there have been other women and men that have reached out um Specifically, you know, to kind of what you've alluded to, uh, one, you know, being a female in this position and then being a minority, a black female in this position. And so, you know, providing my experiences, what has helped me to get to this point um, and providing guide, guidance and advice, um, I think is extremely important. So um, I've got a couple of uh, mentees, if you will. Um, and it, it's important to to give back. Absolutely. And so what would be some main advice that you would give someone who's wanting to be in this role, especially now in this climate? What would you say? I think a main piece of advice is, one, make up in your mind what it is that you're aspiring to do. 
or aspiring to be and um, believe in yourself that you can do it. There are certainly people um, out there to support you, but you have to make it known, um, you know, that this is what I am looking to do. And you should seize opportunities. You'll hear me say that all the time. I say it with my family members, you know, when there are stretch assignments, you know, some people look at, oh, you know, well, here's an additional responsibility and am I going to get paid for it? Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's look at the holistic picture. How can this be beneficial to you depending upon what you're aspiring to do? You know, seniors uh, and, and supervisors look at that, you know, are you being proactive? You know, are you looking um, to aspire? And then what are you doing towards that? So, um, know what you want to do, seize those uh, stretch opportunities or assignments that may come to you and support or surround yourself with people that are supportive. That's extremely important, you know, to have people that are supportive. What is one of the biggest challenges you've had as a CBO and how did or if you're going through it now, do you handle it? One of the biggest challenges that I've had um, thus far. And, and it was a, a, for me, it was a pretty, a, a pretty hefty challenge. Um, so uh, when I assume this role, the typical functional areas that report to the CBO, CFO, I was accustomed to, to those areas, but I had uh, the financial aid department that also uh, began to report. And, um, you know, we had some challenges, thus that enrollment uh, management uh, team that I referenced earlier, you know, transitioning uh, that team to the department. There were challenges within the department. Again, not an area that I was extremely familiar with, considering, you know, accounting, budget, something that I was used to. And so that that did prove challenging early on. And I spent a great deal of my time, you know, really trying to get underneath, you know, one processes um, and understanding the nature of the work, if you will. Um, and initially I was thinking, wow, you know, this isn't what I necessarily signed up for, but um, it it actually, it, it turned out wonderfully um, at the end. That indeed was a stretch assignment in my mind, um, and certainly has provided, uh, you know, an expansion um, of my knowledge and now something that I certainly can say, hey, you know, I've got significant experience um, in running a financial aid department. Uh, and so that was one of the challenges, um, one of the, the major challenges that I have faced. We went through a transition in staff, you know, during a pretty rough time uh, actually enrolling students, but we got through it. Um, and I will say ensuring that you have, you know, a good team makes a huge difference, that you have people with the competencies and the technical skills is so important. Um, and we're there now. And so I'm blessed. But that that was probably one of the challenge, one of the most challenging times working with something that I was not as familiar with. Right, right, right. But that's good. Now you know. <laughs> now you know. Now I know. <laughs> so what do you think is the future of higher ed? 
Um, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about the cliff and those type of things, enrollment. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's something um, certainly that we have been looking at uh, at Morehouse and, and actually have been planning for, you know, just, you know, ensuring that our enrollment numbers um, remain. But I will say we have not had challenges thus far. In fact, um, I think, you know, things that have happened recently, you know, with social justice, and you know, actually has kind of... Uh, you know, uh, played a good part in students looking at HBCUs again. And so we've actually had the opposite, um, where we have more of a demand for admission, um, than we have felt. And so we certainly hope that will continue, but we absolutely have a plan and process. And of course, with the, the recent decisions of the Supreme Court and affirmative action, um, you know, certainly there could be some implications there um, that uh, may very well be beneficial to uh, HBCU. So we're looking at all of that. Um, we think uh, certainly or I will say I think as it relates to um, the landscape of higher ed, um, I think we'll be fine. Uh, you can't take anything for granted. Um, but, you know, the financial sustainability piece, you got to operate and, you know, within your means, if you will, and ensure that you're setting up reserves for the future and, uh, you know, being able to assist students with affordability. So we, we think, I think uh, that we're going to be OK. And let's allow you touched on it a little bit, but elaborate with me a little bit on the importance of HBCUs uh, right now. Um, I'm a graduate. I know uh, Hampton University is seeing an, an uptick in their enrollment as well. Um, so just talk to me a little bit more about what you're seeing with that. And you have a, a, a deep history with HBCUs. Yeah, yeah. So not a product of an HBCU myself. I went to um a predominantly white institution, but uh, I will absolutely say um, HBCUs based upon my experience in working at two and specifically at Morehouse College, there is nothing that can be compared to those institutions that were created um, for the population in which they are to serve. The experience is is bar none. You, you will not experience it anywhere other than HBCUs. And again, how we interact, the culture, if you will, um, the academics are stellar. Um, and so it's, again, it's just an opportunity, um, and a space, uh, created just for the populations that they were created to serve. Um, but they're also open to, you know, they're open to whoever wants to come, um, to those institutions. And so I know that's really general, but I, I don't even know how to capture it other than it's it's like no nowhere else I've been. No, it, it is hard to articulate. Yeah, I know people ask me about my experience and I'm like, I just it was wonderful and I loved it. And it's really it's really something you have to experience. Yes. To get the full understanding of what it is. So that's absolutely. Great. The other thing that I would like to add with that is and again, I can speak certainly to Morehouse students, many many of our students go on to do amazing things and you find them across the institution in all 
industries. They're in government. Um, they're in the White House. They're in media. You know, they're, they're doctors, they're lawyers, and they're, they're making a significant difference. And so, um, it's, it's just amazing to me, the students, you know, as far as what we produce out in the world and the impact that they're having. Again, it's like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, also where you are, you have Spellman. That's right. And Clark. Now Morris yes. Brown. Um, yes. Talk to me about your relationship with the CFOs of those schools and how close, because it's called the AU. Is it called the Atlanta University Center still? It or is. is it, okay. It is. So do you work closely with yes. those? Okay. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yes. We have an AUC um, CFO council. Uh, essentially, um, for, uh, for those institutions. And we meet, uh, quite frequently. Um, you know, we have certainly, um, a common goal. We're all part of the, um, AUC, uh, again, the Atlanta University Consortium. Um, and so, you know, things that are happening on one campus, um, sometimes does impact the other campuses. Uh, many of our students can cross register. Um, so they can uh, take classes at the various institutions. And so, you know, processes that uh, are in place in one institution can impact processes in another institution. Uh, we've got uh, or using shared platforms in some regards uh, with our purchasing, um, if you will. So, no, it's it's important um, that we meet, uh, we plan, uh from an operational and strategic um, standpoint. Uh, and so we've got that council and we all work very well together. Uh, and so shout out to those AUC CFOs. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Shout out to you all. And, and I will add uh-huh. at this point, we're all females. We're all black females. Awesome. Okay. Yes. Well, we need to get them all on the podcast. You need to send them. Yeah. Let them That's know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I will. Oh, that is awesome. That is so great. So as we get ready to close, I want you to specifically talk about your future in higher ed. Where do you see yourself in the next five, 10 years uh, as we are moving forward in in higher ed? Again, two and a half years into the, the role as the permanent CFO, because I was interim for a while, and then I moved into the vice presidency um, area of uh, business and finance. And then the president appointed me when an opportunity became available um, as the permanent CFO. So two and a half years, I'm still learning. Um, I suspect in three years from now, I'll still be learning. Um, and so certainly, you know, I am looking to expand my knowledge base, you know, to continue um, developing and building those relationships relationships. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, my priority is ensuring that Morehouse um, is around for another 100 and now, I guess, 52, 53 years. Um, and so that's the focus right now and to provide the support that is needed for the institution um, to continue to move forward and working with my colleagues and, of course, my president, Dr. David A. Thomas, 
you know, just to continue to learn, to continue to be supportive to the AUC, as you indicated before. It is like no other as well. There's not another uh, HBCU consortium in the world. We are the one and only. Um, and so we want to make sure that our institutions are thriving. Um, and so, yeah, I think looking forward, just, you know, giving it the best I can where I am um, and just ensuring that, you know, expanding knowledge and yeah, we'll just go from there. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for being with us today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Donna, again, for having me. Uh, and this was this was really good. I appreciate it. Oh, great, great. And thank you all for joining us today for this episode of CBO Speaks, brought to you by the National Association of College and University Business Officers. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Andrea Stalling of Morehouse College, I want to thank Thank you for joining us on CBO Speaks. I'm Donna Sheely. Be well. CBO Speaks is a production of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. Audio engineered by Andy Nelson and True Story FM. Music by Michael Bean. Post-production support by Janelle Dempsey. And I'm your host, Donna Sheely. Thank you for listening. Thank you.